This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith, and welcome to Taiwan Talk. Taiwan emits 1% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, despite having just 0.4% of the world's population. Taiwan also currently imports 99% of its energy sources. But according to the European Chamber of Commerce Taipei, or ECCT, Taiwan could be a regional leader in alternative energy and energy efficiency by the year 2030, if only we could muster the willpower. I recently had a chance to speak with the ECCT's Low Carbon Initiative Director, Raoul Kubitschek, who told me about some of the ideas put forward by European businesses and governments. We are now at 263 million tons of CO2 emitted in 2010. And if we go on as usual in 2013, it will be roughly 518 tons. So So increasing significantly. Increasing, you can say more or less it doubles Mm. if we don't do anything. By 2030. By 2030, yes. So the idea is to look at different sectors from buildings to industry to the power sector and what could be potentially done to save energy. So one of the biggest parts where you can save energy is actually the power sector because it emits 60% of all CO2 in Taiwan. Also in industry, if industry invests in energy efficiency, that will be very beneficial and also in the building sector. So we try to showcase just what can, what will happen, where can we save and now the question is then how do we get there. Can you give me a couple of examples from Europe of successful programs that you think Taiwan could directly uh, adopt? Uh, one has been partly adopted, that's the energy feed-in tariffs. That's actually a system from Germany where you develop renewable energy by paying people more if they install solar power plants or wind energy stations. Um, that has been partly copied but not completely. It works uh that if you as a private person install a PV power plant in Germany, okay. you get a fixed rate for every kilowatt hour you feed into the grid. So, which is very beneficial if you look at the rates in Germany, you can have as a private person uh, 8 to 10% return on investment. So, this actually is a big incentive. And as you can see in Germany, we have an extremely high amount of solar power now in the system because the whole market got booming. And the idea was it was very expensive in the beginning. How do I in- uh, have an incentive so the market can grow? I have economies of scale. There's a lot of solar plant power plants going up, so production gets cheaper and it gets more competitive. So that worked for solar power plants on rooftops in Germany extremely well. Taiwan also has implemented a feed-in tariff system, but we have not seen that growth here. So it's very still... If you look solar, for example, there was a plan in 2010 in Taiwan to have one gigawatt. We are at 50 megawatt, so there is a big lag and there needs to be something done. Also in wind energy, there's far more potential as it's used right now, not only offshore, also onshore. Um, the incentives for, for the building system, Europe has a building passport, so every new building has to have a passport and to showcase how much energy it uses. Okay. That even applies to older buildings. So if you as a private person sell your house, you have to hand over the passport, and the other person will see, oh, if I buy this house, except for the buying cost, I will also spend so and so much money on, on oil or gas or energy. I see. So I can have a better assumption on the, on the cost later on. Mm. That is also a very good example how to increase energy efficiency in buildings, which is very easy way, very cheap actually to do for the government and for private persons to reinvest in their buildings. That is something that Taiwan is considering and should consider also to integrate this kind of passport system to have a more strict regulation on buildings, how much energy they consume. So to have, for example, a higher rate of insulation to ask for this. If you build a new building, then you have a model building, it should save 30% to the model building. Don't we have to find a way for companies to be able to make a profit on these technologies? Otherwise, we will not be able to incentivize them to do it. The thing is, it needs to be, from the company's perspective, 
they're acting as a corporate responsible person. Anyhow, they should in their communities, but definitely also profits are important. But if you see the European Union, which has a lot of regulations and already you have a lot of products which have a CO2 footprint on them, which you can also actually see in Taiwan. For example, there's a soft drink called Shashi. Mm -hmm. If you turn it to the back, there is a CO2 footprint, which educates the consumer that if I buy this uh, product, how much CO2 am I using? And this is actually a demand. If you look at the big companies which are on the stock exchange, they actually have to provide a report saying... Where do they save energy? How much CO2 they emit? So this trickles down to the suppliers, and Taiwan is still a big supplier. So there is an even if there is no inside pressure, there is an outside pressure to act this way. Also, if you have a lot of, for example, if you go for computers, there are a lot of parts which actually now have like a, a green certification. And if you don't offer this, consumers in the EU or even in the US won't buy it. So you're basically doing a product which two of the biggest market cannot enter. So there is an outside pressure, but there needs to be more incentives also inside. But for companies, there's another incentive is, as you have seen, they have raised the power prices this year from for Thai Power at least once. They should right. have done it twice. Um, companies in the foreseeable future will have higher energy costs. So you need to consider your life cycle cost because if it goes up like 20% and you have a lot of industries which have very low margins, if you don't act now, it will dip into your profits anyhow. So you're just looking very short term. If you look midterm, then it's going to be a problem. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Eric Smith. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm continuing my chat with Raúl Kubischek, the director of the European Chamber of Commerce Taipei's Low Carbon Initiative, a plan which offers some examples of European low-carbon solutions and practices to raise awareness about sustainable development and promote the adoption of low-carbon solutions for Taiwan. I ask Raúl how we can convince people that paying for carbon reduction schemes is worth it. We we all accept the concept of climate change or global warming or these sort of things, but it's it's kind of like an abstract. How do we convince a local person or, or the, the average Joe that this sort of scheme is in their own benefit? I think for Taiwanese it's quite understandable. If you look back to Morakot, which has been a very sad uh, example of, of weather changes, uh, if you look at the high amount of typhoons, rain seasons coming or not coming, so there is actually an impact. The question is how far does everybody understand that they have to act on their own, so starting with the smallest units, so that you have to be like not getting always a plastic bag, like not taking the car all the time, making a decision when you buy a product that this is actually an energy-efficient product that needs to be understand on, understood on this level. But the problem is also that this is a global phenomenon. So we had the Kyoto Protocol, which a lot of countries signed, but then all the other ones more or less failed. Basically, Taiwan emits 1% of all CO2 emission, but I'm still on my island and I don't feel that, so why should, should I act? But actually, everybody needs to act and start with their own person. Their own backyard, their, their themselves. Own backyard then going up to the community and then the whole island needs needs to be forward looking and this needs to go through all layers it's it's society it's it's the industries and it's government and even if we took away all of the the lofty goals of saving the planet or all of this it would just be smart business sense to go ahead and implement some of these things yes definitely because energy security is for example an issue even if we don't look at at, at climate change uh, we have seen in europe that if there are certain struggles between our eastern neighbors we can be even impacted and have a very cold winter in some countries because right. we don't get they the turn off the gas or and they yeah. turn off the gas and there is no gas supply because they're not enough stocked so you can be impacted by this because you need to import just imagine you will not get your coal for whatever reason. So industry will stop and you will lose 
part of your GDP and production and profit. So there is in business incentives. There's not just only the climate change thing. Overall, are you optimistic for Taiwan's future? Because in some ways, we have uh, a lot of natural resources that, say, Germany, for example, mm. you were talking about putting uh, solar panels in. Mm. Germany uh, has a long winter and mm. lots of clouds. But of course, here in Taiwan, we have sun in many areas and we have wind power and penghu and places like mm. that. So is it is Taiwan a, a rich natural resource waiting to be discovered energy-wise? Energy-wise, it is also geothermal. So using the heat, you have a lot of hot springs which are used here for bathing into and bathing. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but you have actually huge potential for geothermal power plants. Um, for even space is limited in Taiwan, but if you just talk about solar PV roofs, there's a lot of place and space to put them, even on manufacturing sites. And it's an incentive for farmers, for unused land. There's a lot of options and sun is far better here than in Germany. That's, that's true. And also for wind, the the thing is you need to buy wind machines which don't break in typhoon that's the only thing you need to uh, act on you also have what they're looking into it's a future technology is uh, using the ocean powers so using a current to to create energy you can be very positive on what is going to happen but now right now we have a financial crisis and it's also a, a criticism back in europe that everybody is now looking at the financial crisis but the whole thing about climate change and being more energy efficient has been lost a little bit. It's still there, but it's not in the heads of the of the central governments or of the executive governments in the countries. That needs to go back. Currently, we have no price of CO2 in Taiwan. Right. We have one in the European Union. We use a cap-and-trade system. So if I emit a lot of CO2, I have to buy some certificates from others who save CO2, so I get a price on CO2. The other version which, we, uh, which the Australians use is uh, taxation. So that's also an option, and we are saying the government can choose whatever it likes, but you need to have a price tag because otherwise companies pollute, but it's free of charge. So they will not pay for later on the pollution they do to the soil or to the surrounding areas. And what comes with it is, is can high cancer rates and so on. So the companies don't pay directly, but indirectly everybody pays because you need to have a health system, which will have to spend a lot of money. What you also have in Taiwan is 99% get imported and you don't have a market price. Actually, the government pays a lot of money for import, which basically is in the end money that is missing in education, in, in welfare, in R&D, because you have to spend it on importing coal to Taiwan, and you have to spend it to support Thai Power, which is having a huge loss of over 3 billion US yeah. dollars now on their balance sheet. More info on the ECCT's Low Carbon Initiative is available on their website at www.ecct.com.tw. Thanks for tuning in to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith.